Welcome to the Succeeding with Diabetes podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Wes Ward. Are you struggling with high blood sugars? Are you overwhelmed with all the information out there about diabetes? Are you tired of being told what you can't eat and still not knowing what you should eat? Well, you are in the right place. I created the Succeeding with Diabetes podcast to help you take control of your diabetes through meal planning and exercise. I want to give you the resources you need to successfully manage your diabetes and live life at its very best. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me today for our podcast. Today we're going to be talking about stress and your blood sugar. Are they related and what can I do about it? I see this question come up all the time on social media. Does stress raise my blood sugar? And the short answer is yes. But I want to share with you today why this is and then discuss some tips for how do I deal with it. So there is no question that stress raises your blood sugar. Most of us have seen this happen. We've been checking our blood sugars. They've been fine. And I have a really stressful week or two. And I notice that my blood sugar is getting higher. I'm following my meal plan. I'm doing my exercise. And I'm so frustrated now because my blood sugar is higher and I get really frustrated and my blood sugar gets even higher. And it just keeps going up. So we have all seen this happen from our own experience. So why does this happen? What's going on? Well, when you get stressed out or your body is put under stress, an illness or something like that, the body releases a hormone called cortisol. And cortisol works against the effects of insulin. We refer to it as antagonizing the effects of insulin. And if you regularly listen to our podcast, you know that I talk about how insulin works all the time. So basically, insulin is a key that opens the door to the cells so that the sugar can travel from the bloodstream into the cell. When we're stressed out, cortisol comes along and acts like a blank key. It inserts itself into the lock of the door of the cell. So when insulin comes along to unlock the door, it can't because there's already a blank key there and it can't open the door. So more sugar stays in the bloodstream instead of going into your cells to be used for energy. So that is the mechanism by which stress raises your blood sugar. Steroids like prednisone that you might be prescribed if you get poison ivy or have some other allergic reaction or something going on work in the same way. And so that is why prescription steroid tablets also raise your blood sugar. Unfortunately, we can't do anything about the body's release of cortisol on a cellular level, as it were. But we can learn to manage our stress better so that we don't see as many blood sugar spikes. Now understand, we all get stressed out. Stress happens in a moment. Stress can happen over days. 
So we're going to get stressed out. It's okay. But if we learn to manage our stress and respond better and lower our stress, then we will see more even blood sugar readings. So how do I do that? How do I manage my stress? What do I do to be less stressed? <laughs> because I can't change my surroundings sometimes. I can't change the people at work that absolutely drive me crazy. I can't change my family sometimes when they're acting crazy. What do I do? Well, I can't change them, but I can change me, right? I can change the way that I respond to the people and the events that I encounter. And this is a process. This takes work. It doesn't happen tomorrow. But I do want to give you a few tips that I think will help you manage stress better. And tip number one is surrender to the idea that life is not fair. You know, one of the mistakes that we make is that we tend to feel sorry for ourselves, or we think that life should be fair, or that someday it will be. Well, let me disabuse you of that idea right now. It is not, and it won't. When we get so caught up in the idea that life should be fair, I should be treated better, we spend a lot of time complaining about what we feel is wrong with life. We often commensurate with others. In fact, there are all kinds of Facebook groups out there that you can go and join that talk about how much I'm stressed and how life sucks and how having diabetes sucks. Unfortunately, I'm not sure joining those groups are all that helpful. And though while it is true, you know what? Life is hard. Having diabetes is hard. Living with all this is hard. While we're complaining about how unfair life is having to live with diabetes, we are failing to realize that perhaps that life was never meant to be fair. And one of the nice things about surrendering to the idea that life is simply not fair is it keeps us less stressed and it encourages us to do our very best with what we have. It's not life's job to make everything perfect. The fact that life is not fair doesn't mean that we should not do everything we can to improve our lives. On the contrary, it suggests that we should do everything we can to improve our lives. But when we recognize that life is not fair, we tend to feel compassion for others as well as for ourselves. So the next time you're feeling stressed or you're feeling that life is simply unfair, how much it stinks to have to have diabetes, Remind yourself, you know what? Life isn't fair. It's okay. Now I'm going to do my best to make this situation better. Let go of the idea that life is not fair. Tip number two is make peace with imperfection. And this probably should be tip number one, because I think it's probably the most important tip. You know, I've never met a perfectionist who was truly happy or who was truly at peace. The need for perfection and the desire for peace and tranquility are at odds with one another. Whenever we are attached to having something our way, perfect, just so, then we are already engaged in a losing battle. 
rather than being content and grateful for the way things are or for what we have, we focus on what's wrong with something. And then often we focus on our need to fix it. Now, that is not to say we shouldn't be doing our best to improve our diabetes and following our meal plan and doing exercise. But no one's perfect at adhering to their meal plan or their exercise program. And no one has perfect sugars all the time. You know, all the people out there who are promoting diabetes products or a video for better exercise or whatever, they look like they have it all together and life is perfect for them and they've got the nice ripped shredded body and life is easy and they're perfect. And if you'll just follow these three tips to boost your metabolism, you're going to look just like they do. We know that's not true. And guess what? Those people don't have perfect days either. They have days that they completely blow it, that they mess it up. But the reason they do have that shredded body, the reason that they do look like that, they are fit and healthy is because they get up the very next day and they keep doing all the things they know they're supposed to do. And that's what I would encourage you to do. If you mess it up, it's fine. Just get up the next day, the next meal, and start doing it right. When we get so focused on each little thing that's not our way, we become dissatisfied and discontented. So it's important to realize that while there's always a better way of doing something, that does not mean that you can't enjoy and appreciate things just the way they are right now. The key is to keep improving, but gently remind yourself that life's okay just the way that it is right now. In the absence of my judgment, in the absence of my need to have everything my way, everything's fine. So let go of the idea that, especially in terms of my diabetes, I have to be perfect. No, you need to do the best you can. That's it. Number three is develop your own helpful rituals. So what do I mean by this? Well, the key to dealing with the frustration of diabetes is not only to make peace with imperfection. It's also about developing helping rituals, finding ways to lessen the burden of my diabetes, find ways to heal, to help others with their diabetes, maybe sharing a low-carb recipe with a friend or relative, uh, taking a short walk in the afternoon, away from the kids, away from the family, just a few minutes for you. Say every afternoon, I'm going to take 15 minutes and I'm going to just take a walk on pretty days and have a little me time. The other thing I recommend is make sure you're exercising. Even if you can't make it to the gym that day, just go for a walk. Like I just said, exercise helps lower your stress. Also, you might work on developing your own kind of quiet time, setting aside a few minutes of quiet time every day just for you where you read a devotional book or read an inspirational book, something that inspires you, something that reminds you um, of all the wonderful, great things in life. Maybe you sit down and journal. That's a great way to spend some quiet time, just journaling your thoughts. <clears throat> some of the greatest 
autobiographies began as somebody's journal. But finding some time for you. When diabetes gets overwhelming, do what you do with your kids and give yourself a timeout for 10 minutes. Find ways to help yourself and to lighten the burden for others. One of my all-time favorite artists of all time is Dolly Parton. So if any of you out there listening to the podcast love Dolly like I do, send me something Dolly, send me some money to go to Dollywood, whatever, it'd be great. But I love Dolly Parton, and one of her quotes says, one of the best ways to forget your problems is to help somebody else with theirs. So not only do I encourage you to develop your own helping rituals, as a part of that helping ritual, find ways to help others. Random acts of kindness, something you can do to help others in their journey. Because we all know there have been people there who help, who have helped us in our own diabetes journey. So hopefully these tips will be helpful. I really can't overstate uh, the importance of taking a little bit of time for you every day. You know, something I do in my busy primary care practice is it gets stressful. I get behind. I, my schedule starts running behind, which absolutely drives me crazy, and I start getting stressed. And sometimes I just say, you know what, I'm going to walk away for 60 seconds. I go in my office, I close the door, I just sit down, I take some deep breaths, I just relax for a minute. 60 seconds later, I get up and I jump right back in and I go back to seeing patients. And sometimes I need that to deal with my stress, to just walk away for a few minutes, just 60 seconds, take a breath, just relax, recognize that at the end of the day, it won't matter that I was running behind. It will all get done. And then just take that minute to kind of refocus and then go back to it. So hopefully this will be helpful in managing your own stress and finding some things that you can do to lower your stress so you enjoy not only a less stressful life, but better blood sugar readings as well. Thanks again for joining me. I look forward to you joining me next week when we're going to be talking about Halloween and how we can have a fun, fabulous Halloween without blood sugar spikes. So I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today for our Succeeding with Diabetes podcast. I hope that you've gained some important information that will help you successfully manage your diabetes. When it comes to managing your diabetes, one of the questions I get asked about most often is, what should I eat? Can I have fruit? Can I have bread? And because of that, I have developed a free diabetes meal planning guide just for you that answers those questions plus many more. That guide can be found on our website at www.succeedingwithdiabetes.com. So check out our website to get your free copy of my diabetes meal planning guide. And I will see you here next week for our podcast.